The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network. My guest is our Broth FC manager, Dick Campbell, recorded live at St Luke's in June this year. Unfortunately, the staff didn't manage to record the first 90 minutes of our conversation, but the remainder is still a good insight into Dick's career, his stocks in Scottish football and some audience questions. We talk about Dick's love for football and why he sees an extensive future for his managerial career. Dick shares his thoughts on a dismissiveness and derision towards older managers in the game. And he recounts an incident which saw an unhappy Dunfermline manager, Bert Payton, clashing with football journalist Hugh Keevans in the tunnel at Ibrox. And as always, there's plenty more. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. That's what people remember. Do you think... For the, the Thistle fans, for example, do you think they just look at the last Listen, period? Uh, if you don't, don't ever think that Parry Thistle is nothing close to my heart, we went up to Peterhead and under the strangest circumstances. Yeah, you see, that season, the Thistle fans don't understand. See, Gretna, they've got two million a budget, I've got fucking 350,000. But it doesn't look right. Thistle shouldn't get beat off of Gretna. Mm. And you go on and go on. We went up there, we got beat. Um, we had nothing. We had no players of quality or anything. Maybe Mark Roberts, that sort of stuff. Um, Archie, Archie was there. Um, but you go up to Peter Dates, I'll never, ever forget. Never. We must have took uh, three or 4,000 people up there. I've also got to say to you, it's the biggest fucking carry I've ever bought out of fucking Asda. It was fantastic. But there you are. I was never accepted in there because I think it's because um, um, out with football reasons, I've got to say to you. Mm. They've no right to sack me. I was fourth top and we could have got better. If they gave me mere fucking money, I would have done the job. But I would also say to you, um, it's nice to go back and fucking hump them at Parpick. <laughs> we... You've always kind of you've always been running about the championships or a lower leagues renowned for getting teams promoted. That must grab the attention of quote unquote bigger clubs. I know you were offered a scouting job with a, a club in England. Do you just rebuff these advances or they never went that well, far? Like what's this, the story there? Guys, I, I don't need uh, I said earlier on, I am not 
I take the guy that's sitting here waiting on somebody coming to pick me up. I wouldn't say I've been offered five jobs. What I would say to you, I've been offered the opportunity to speak to five clubs. And I've turned every one of them down. Do you know why? Because I've got a good club. I trust the people that I work with. I'm not interested on anybody who wants to go and put demands on people. I've got a great club. Great people. All these players have been with me for five years. Why would I have the decency to go and say to them I'm going to somebody else for an hour, hundred pound a week? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I am. I don't know. But my natural enthusiasm for the game of football will never fade. I'm not going to retire anywhere. I'll be here for the next five years. Don't worry about that. Were you saying that about you're going to be going on? Round of applause. <coughs> You're saying you're going to be going on for the next five years. Jock Steen famously said there's no substitute for experience, but there is a sort of snobbishness sometimes towards older managers because I think the game is evolving at breakneck speed, you know, in terms of technicality, athleticism, physicality, even from a tactical perspective. Do you think there is a snobbishness towards more experienced managers in the game in Scotland when you see, as you say, players coming for the dressing room or they're coming for the reserve team straight into a first-team job? Well, as I said to everybody earlier on, I've entitled to an opinion. I've earned the right to have an opinion. Uh, I interview people every single day for a job description. And some of the people who go straight into management are not qualified and not ready. I learned my trade working with Peyton for 10 years. Why would you disregard experience? We are the only trade in the world who disregards experience because the fans want to see somebody who's played for the club and thinks oh he'll be a good player no I lose him we'll put him in as the manager it doesn't it doesn't work like that you need to have a structure in a football club now our structure is very simple we don't play young boys because there's nobody in Scottish football apart from Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen and Rangers and Celtic that will live by young boys playing football because they're no young boys playing football. Look at the streets, look at the playgrounds, look at the football pitches, they're no to playing. And you're wanting us to define. And I've said to them, I did a talk last week on the A licence. There's always one or two who'll get through the net, right? And I'm, and I'm on a rant here. But what I would say to you is, the development clubs, Rangers and Celtic, what the, what's all that about? Tell me, tell me the players that have come through in the last five years, the last ten years, yet they spend fortunes on it. I'm not too sure if that's the goal. I need to disagree with you, and Celtic and Rangers especially, and and Hearts and Aberdeen, some of the players that they're bringing through. I mean, Celtic have had, Celtic could field a starting eleven that I think could go on and win a league if you look at the players that have come through, but I, I take your point about... Maybe it is the responsibility of these, these bigger clubs to develop younger players, but for you, when it's results that matter, you've not got that luxury. Yeah, I'm not so sure that I agree with you either. But I would say to you, I would say to you, I don't know play young boys because, you know, we have to win. That's not the case. What I'm saying to you is, the young boys that we've got are not good enough to play in your team, hmm. right? The Celtic and Rangers will develop their players, and I've been there. 
I've, I've, I've watched them, the kids grow. I was in charge of the under-17 Scottish team, under-18 Scottish team, under-19 Scottish team. Football will always be in their blood. But I'm telling you now, it's a hard, hard game for clubs like Rangers and Celtic and Hearts and all the rest of it to rely on young boys. See if you remember the under-19 Scotland team that got to the Euros final. I think it was it 2005, 6 right. maybe. You look, so you, you look at that, they were flying right, they, they took Spain, they went totally to them, I'm sure Gerard Piquet was playing, maybe Jordi Alba, you know, world stars for the Spanish team. Why are the Scottish players not making that, that next jump? Do you think they just think they've made it? You know the whole washbag generation, Gucci washbag, and you think that they've made it and then don't I, continue I to try, apply themselves? I try and keep my life simple, and I don't try and make my life difficult. I don't think the young boys are getting the right coaching mm. and I don't think they're working hard enough at becoming good players. Is there an emphasis on winning as opposed to player development? Well, that, that, I mean, 10 years ago they decided that they would play non-winning football at mm. underage football. They didn't they play who's winning and the other rest. They played technical stuff. I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I love to see a young boy. I love to see a young boy playing, but it disappoints me. When I was talking to Jim up at Aberdeen the day about him, a player I'm signing tomorrow for him. He's a young boy. Jim, and good I'm saying, to him, about. I'm saying to him, Jim, he's not going to play in my team because he's not good enough. And I spoke to five managers at the end of last season and do you know not one of them said to me they had a young player that's good enough to go into the Arbor's team. Because see, if they are good enough, they'll keep them. Because you have a, a state, and I'm away in a rant here, which we shouldn't have done. There are three players every Saturday under 21 are on the bench for the Premier League clubs. And the statistics in the last two years show you there's 83% of them didn't get on. So how do they go develop? It just annoys me. Anyway, fuck that. Right. <sighs> I know it's, it's quite a hard one for you to summarise in one line, but w what would your remedy for that be then, in order to try and develop these players? Because I, I agree with you, see they're putting three on the bench, it's pointless, and I think it's detrimental to, to a manager trying to do his job, because then his options are limited right, to what right. he's looking at in the bench. We're on the rant, we all finished it. Go and try and tell me why Rangers and Celtic are in a league, in the Lowland League. Go and tell me why. I'll tell you why, because there's nowhere else for them to play. The Premier League decide last year to do away with the reserve teams. Hmm. There's no reserve team in Scottish football. There's no reserve league. So where are they going to play? I, I personally think they should bring the reserve league back in the way that we're, it was a reserve league. It wasn't an under-21s or an under-23s. By the way, I'm going to fight some cunt in here, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, think, I think that would be far more beneficial because you hear players talking about it all the time. You have this blend of first-team players that are needing to get sharp and ah. get back into the squad. And they'll be up against youth players, so it's a nice, it's a good balance, I think. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> to uh, football aside, you're very involved in. Oh fuck! No, that's what I was going to ask. See, before I forget, see what you're saying. Um, you for, for your business side of things and the recruitment, you're interviewing people. Psychology is a very important thing for you. It's one thing to look at a player's technical capabilities and where they fit into the squad, but do you, 
essentially do you interview them? Because they need to fit into your team. They can't upset the balance too much. See, I, I haven't got any... I think it's common sense. I don't sign anybody unless they're better than what I've got. So why would you sign somebody that's not as good as what you've got? And I think that's a natural progress if you sign players who are better than what you've got. Is that not common sense? Instead of signing players, I don't, I don't buy the loan system. I don't buy it at all. I don't buy clubs in Scottish football who want to loan their players and get more money than they're buying them. I don't buy that. What I would say to everybody, my track record and loan players is phenomenal. I say to them, as long as they go back to your club, better players than what they were before they came. I'm very happy with that. What I want to know is, though, do you take into consideration their personality just as much as their technical capabilities as a player? Or does it not bother you? They've got to want to play, Sean. They've got to, you know, they've got to, if, if you look at, I mean, here's a statistic for you, and I'm fucking boring you to tears now. The, how many times do Premier League clubs send people to watch the players that are out on loan? Rangers Football Club had 11 players out on loan last year. 11. Hearts had nine out on loan. And who's watching them? Who's developing them? It's a phone call maybe a fortnight later. I don't think that's the case. I just think there's nobody. I wish there was because I would go and sign them in the morning or play in my first team. Mm. Before we move on to some questions, I don't know if anybody in the audience has got any questions. I'm going to come round with a mic. Oh, this will be good. But I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the charity thing you're involved with for the sensory gardens. How, how important well, is that? Because you, you're a busy you, guy. You've got a lot of things on. My mum died with... Um, dementia um, and it was a sad thing like everybody else in this room will have somebody in their family got dementia um, and I'm not the type of boy I'll talk about I'd rather do something about it so I started a thing, Walter Smith put me onto this in Helmsborough they built a, a sensor garden for, for dementia touch, feeling, smell noise you, you never know what the sensors are and, and I thought that's a fascinating thing to do uh, so I started the uh, building gardens, and we've got 12 on the committee, and I'm the chairman, but I'm only the front uh, in Fife, and uh, we've built three gardens, and it means so much to me. And you know, if I'm not here in two or three years' time, I know that these gardens I've built, I'm telling you now, I feel really good that there's people who have been brought up with me at the same time as me, come for the same place as me, there'll be a place for them to go. And, and I think that every town and every village in, in Scotland should have a censored garden. Mm. <clears throat> this, this whole episode or this whole conversation is going out as a podcast episode, so there'll be a lot more people listening to it. And there might be people thinking, I'd like to support that, I'd like to back that. How do people support that? Is it donations? Is there a website? Like, I'm not here to... You know, we run dinners in, in the last two years, to be honest with you. I'm running out of money. Um, we pay uh, three different companies to look after the gardens. That annoys me we don't get support for the council. I can't believe that the council didn't go and do it themselves through their own, but they don't. And I've got to pay, well, I've not got to pay. Our group pay every month, I think it's £180 or something. Uh, to each company and, and I've got a letter in the other day they're saying I've got four and a half grand back I've got four and a half grand left 
I had a hundred and eighty gram. But it just shows you uh, the last two years. I was looking for two or three the people for the gardens to come back and say to me they're going to do this, they're going to do that. But they'll know. So I'm going to have to run an hour dinner. And mm. I wouldn't ask the public for donations. Oh, so it's all privately sort of funded yeah, and generated. We'll, we'll do it, we'll do it. You had, when was it? It was maybe a couple of years ago you had a, a dinner and Walter Smith came through and absolutely slaughtered you. What was he saying about you? I just thought I was a bad player. <laughs> I wouldn't deny that. He was brilliant. He was, what money we made that night. It was, it was nice. Um, I was never a good player anyway. I know, I get that. I was, I was what I was. And, um, I've done all right in the management side of it. I've been far more successful on this side of it than, than um, the listen. One door shuts and one door opens. What are we going to do this year? That's what we've got to do. Everybody's sitting here and I have no idea what we're going to do. But I'll tell you something. See, if we didn't do it, it'll be my brother's fault. It's no fucking me. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll, we'll open up. Well, first of all, before I get up, does anybody have any questions? Give us a wee shout if you do. Partick Thistle fans want to ask it? Over here. Right, OK, two minutes. Let me grab the mic. You ready for a fight with these Thistle fans here? Oh, he's going to slaughter me. Right, where are we doing here? Right, there we go. Dick, uh, what's the most stupid thing you've heard a player say or do in your career? Oh, God. <laughs> we fucking here all night. <laughs> I remember one time we played Hibs and, uh, and John Ritchie was a manager and we'd practiced this uh, free kick, you know, and uh, Shirt Wardell was the player in question, right? So what you do is you, you run out the ball and you turn around there, Gordon Slacken and that sort of stuff. So we've got a free kick, just a minute before half time, and Stuart Waddell goes over the ball, and instead of running over the ball and coming back, he fucking hits it first time, right? So anyway, fucking referee blows, and it wasn't right again, and he fucking does it again, you know? So we get, the whistle goes for half time, and John Ritchie's going, fucking mental. See you, you cunt. How many times have I got to tell you? You cunt, no done it once, you done it twice. What are you fucking thinking about? He says, I didn't hear you the first time. <laughs> Uh, and then he's luffed at him with the throat in the second half for being cheeky. And John, John's son, Paul, was at the club at the time. Paul's a big boy, too. Big John Rich, he's a goalkeeper, a winder. And he's got Stuart Waller, you, you cheeky bastard. He's got him up in the fucking throat. And all I hear is his son saying, Oh, come on, Dad, but I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another one for you. Bertie Payton, seriously. Bertie comes to a boxing family, right? And we weren't that well-known in the media, you know. And Hugh Keevans was there. And Hugh Keevans had phoned up um, Roy Woodrow and said, look, I hear you're getting rid of Payton and Campbell and bringing Leishman in. The chairman fucking told us, right? So we played Rangers, and who's the first boy to meet us? with a bonnet on and the earphones on and a fucking microphone with Hugh Keevans. I don't know who he is. I've never met him in my life before. So the two of us are walking to the press and Hugh Keevans says, hey, excuse me, Bert, uh, Hugh Keevans here. And he looks at him and fucking Bert grabs him. Fuck it up. Right up. See you, you cunt, he says. 
If you ever come back into this club again, I'm going to fucking rip your head off. Right? Don't you ever phone my chairman again about my fucking joke and bangs his head off the wall. And, and walks two years and he comes back and he says, and by the way, if I didn't rip your head off, Dick will. I've never met a boy in my life. Anyway. Any other questions? Anybody want to ask it? I'll come in. Oh, two seconds, I'll come in. Well, you are you Dick, how did uh, Ian's name, his nickname Pinky, where'd that come from? How did what, sir? Your twin brother Ian, what, his nickname Pinky, where did that the come from? Pink fi? Panther. If you remember the Pink Panther in the 70s, dude, 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 dude. And he would, honestly, he would fucking. Pink was a great player, he scored 147 goals in seven seasons at Dunfermline, it was 21 a year. But he was a lazy bastard, you know. But. He, Honestly, in the box, he was fucking lightning. That's where the pink panthers, that's where the pink comes in. You want to ask one? One, one, two minutes, I'll come back to you. So, if budget didn't matter, if you were to sign MD in Scottish football, who would it be? <sighs> I would sign the big boy Stuart. It's the big striker, it's at Sunderland. Is it Sunderland? Is it? Uh, I would sign him because the hardest thing in the game is always to score goals. Uh, we've got a player, uh, Michael McKenna, who won the player of the year last year and also the top goal scorer. The hardest thing in the game will always be scoring goals. Uh, you can't coach it. You can help people, but you can't coach it. Um, if you ask me who the best player I've ever, ever signed in, it's Jackie McNamara. Without any shadow of a doubt, what an attitude. You can tell right away what a fucking attitude. It's even in evening training, every morning. He's fucking at it. You know what he's been saying? And I love that. All right? Hello, Dick. Uh, sorry for shouting. There's a question I'd like to ask you. It's a very simple question. I don't think it's even intelligent. Jockstein used to say, if Rangers won't sign one of them, I'll pick the other one. Now, I don't think that's even clever. Now, do you think there have been any nine in a row if... Rangers would accept the policy. I'm a Rangers fan, by the way, so I'm as well being honest that this discrepancy and picking on players would have been any nine in a row. If you just says, we'll pick MD. Joe Eustin used to say, I'll pick Joe Wallace because Rangers are not going to get him. What's your actual opinion on that? Because I think it's common sense. Well, somebody will hear you repeat that because I've not got a fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you need to decode that. I think to... Hi. That's the to, to simplify it, I think what he's asking is, Jockstein famously was asked... You Come know, up, hear a wee bit. I can't even fucking hear a word you're saying. <laughs> Jockstein was asked, if you had two players, a Catholic and a Protestant, who would you sign? And he said, I would take the Protestant because Rangers won't sign the Catholic. Now, what I think the gentleman was asking was, if Rangers had signed Catholics back in the day, do you think Celtic would have been as rampant and successful as they were? No, when they get involved in fucking that one, I can assume. I know. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask that one. I think I'll cut that one out. But I had to ask. I had to ask it. Uh, you want to ask a question? Hi, Dick. Listen, um, you're obviously taking a broth to second place in the league last year, and you've taken the boys and, and, and worked with them. And I, I was just wondering, do you think that it takes uh, a different manager now in the modern day to uh, work with players now? 
Um, could, oh, how do I explain this? I'm about pissed, do I see? I think you, you, you're an old school manager and you've taken a team to second in the league. You should have been promoted. And, and, and I think it, the, modern day, the modern day player is a bit of a, a pussy, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, so the managers have to adjust the way that they work. You've not adjusted the way you've worked to get your team to where they are now, is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get drunk, aye. What he, what he was asking there... Dick, hold on, Dick, hold on. Two seconds, calm down. What he was asking is he's saying managers need to adapt and evolve and modernise all the time, but you've maintained the same style your whole career and you've just taken your team to second in the championship and you should have been promoted. Do you think that's important to keep your style? Right, back, in, back in front of your microphone, please, so the audience can hear you. Yeah, tell you what... I don't you hear me I I don't um, um, when I see the role that a manager's got to play um, my, my style is, is never ever changed albeit it could right I believe in my fullback is getting forward I believe in having a good goalkeeper and I believe in having a good defence, right? They say at one time I was as good a defensive coach as anybody else, right? No, I need that. So we need a base, right? We need that. We're now in a position, and I don't buy this part-time thing, but we're now in a position this year where your defensive record is fabulous, right? And we're going to be Michael McKenna being the top goal scorer. So you've got a good defence, and you've got top goal scorers, you're going to be successful. So I say to myself, why would I change it? You know, I'm not going to change it. I might. I'll tell you what I did do. And it annoyed uh, my staff. I said to them in November, excuse my language, I said to my brother, and I said to John Young, and I said, see you two cunts. See, if you ask me to fucking play one up front again, I'll fucking kill you. I will never play one up front again in my life. And that's how I feel. Because I just think, what the fuck's all that about? One up front against a four or against a three. What you want the boy to do? Bring it down, beat the boys, mark them, beat the fucking sweeper, ruin the fucking goalie. It doesn't <laughs> fucking happen. <laughs> so I like to play with width. I like to play with that. It's worked well for me, so um, you'll okay, well, I'm looking to fucking buy in the next couple of days. <laughs> I'm looking for wingers. Uh, right. That's just, just turning into a fucking free for all here. Right. <laughs> Dick, Dick, hold on, hold on. Dick, back your seat. Aye, fuck me. Need to restore some order here. Right. Aye, on you go. Let's see you. Dick, sit down. <laughs> Listen, Dick, you've been standing up there all night talking about other people. I would like to talk about you for the next couple of minutes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What the fuck have I just been doing for the last 90 minutes? <laughs> Are you listening to the same show as me? I can't. I was asked some questions about his fucking life the full time. Damn, I'll hate fucking two, but you're drinking. <laughs> but I agree with you.
Thank you, Tommy. Have we got any other questions before I jump back up? There we go. Sorry, I'm, I will try and get rid of noise. Dick, you uh, quite, you know, slagged Jim Leishman there. Do you ever look at teams that you think are better than your players? You know, they've got better players, but you look at a manager that's not as good as you and think, I can set my team up to beat his team because you're the better manager? I don't think it uh, works like that. Um, my track record is as good as anybody. Um, I, I was telling the boys there, well, Sean was saying to me, do you know, if you were to analyse what's going on in, in my career, I am, um, so they say, according to trivia or fucking media, I'm the third most successful manager in Scotland ever. Right? Now, what I would say to you, that doesn't make me better than the opposition. My door's open for every manager after again. I've not got all the answers. I laugh at times with the opposition managers, and there's one or two of them, a few fucking pricks, I've got to say. <laughs> so there is. They Fair think enough. they've arrived and all the rest of it. But nine times out of ten, I would say, um, I don't think it's got anything to do with me. What I have got, mate, is, is good players. Um, uh, don't don't give me any more adulation. I've got good players, and the players need uh, my leadership, I suppose. But they're good players, and they've proven that. And they'll be good players this year, too. Don't you under, underestimate what our chances are this year? But we'll still be our goal will still be to stay up. Dick, you, you said uh, you said there's um, a few managers that are pricks. Name them in order. <laughs> Ian McCall, what a fucking prick he is. <laughs> is he number one? He knows that. He'll, he'll be pissing himself laughing when he hears me <laughs> saying that. Oh, fucking collie. Jesus. I'd like to get some of that chewing gum he's got for fuck's sake. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, we've got another question for you here. Just uh, first of all, from a St Mirren fan, I agree with you about Ian McCall. He's the biggest prick of all. <laughs> we, we all know how much you, you love our broth and how much you're enjoying your job. A lot of managers speak about the, the pinnacle of their career would be to, to manage their national team. If the SFA were to approach you, um, and I know you've said about you, well, you've, you've turned them down. If, 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 if the SFA were to approach you to become the national manager, what would your reply be and would you accept the job? Anybody, anybody who's a fucking Scotsman would take the manager's job in fucking Scotland. Of course you would. It's the fucking best job in the world. Apart from the last two fucking games, right? <laughs> but um, Steve is a good friend of mine as well. And I... I Honestly, son, the last two games just fucking leaves me between any. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm disillusioned, you know. I, fuck the man, I wouldn't have picked that team. I wouldn't have picked the shape. Um, I'm not one to talk about individuals. Um, I have my own opinion about uh, how they went about their job. We, I, I, I've got a fucking thing about Scotland. I think, maybe I'm too old, we're a fucking nation who listens to the fucking hand and roar. 
and fucking adapts themselves. Get fucking tight to people and go and play. Stop this fucking about where fullbacks getting down and getting crosses in. There's nobody on the end of them. Come on then, let's get fucking <laughs> on it. Nah, I just feel we, we need to, I wouldn't say change, Stevens, honestly. They went eight, nine games without losing. And the last two games has fucking knocked them back. Oh my God, I don't know how far, but um, I would still help them in a minute. Right, we've got another question here. Uh, hiya, how are you? Uh, I'm good, mate. Brilliant. Um, do you think football is becoming a bit too much about the numbers? Like, how many runs somebody's doing instead of just looking with them with your eyes? What was that? <laughs> Do you think there's too much of an importance placed on statistics in terms of tracking people's kilometres ran and presses instead of just using your eyes to watch the game? See, seeing a Saturday, you'll not believe it, mate. I could tell you at half-time how many fucking throw-ins we've got. I could tell you at full-time how much percentage we had, how much the percentage. It doesn't make any difference to me. They suppress it there. They want to do this, they want to do that. I couldn't give a fuck. Did you win? Did you beat one of them? I couldn't give a fuck how much possession we had. But I do think the statistics play a major, major part. Corners and set pieces are major now. Never when I played, but they're major now. Set pieces are major and you, you should really practice them more often. We go beating penalty kicks because I didn't practice it. I never fucking thought we'd get to that stage, but... <laughs> uh, Dick, is there any players that you wish you signed that got away from you? Yeah, boy. Fucking hundreds. Um, Scott Allen. Um, Scottish good friend of mine. Um, great player. Might need to go part time because he's illness and this that and next thing. But uh, many players, strikers, you're always looking for strikers. Football's all about strikers. But Scotty Allen, for me, I've not got any complaints. I've got the best goalie in the league, I've got the best defence in the league. Uh, I could do with Scott Allen a wee bit of creativity in the middle of the park. And Bobby Lynn, what a fucking legend he is. Seriously. He's fucking magnificent. He fucking empties bins every day. That's what people didn't understand. He's a fucking bin emptier. He listens to the stylistics in his fucking ears every day and fucking good. I can give you hoops and <laughs> He's a fucking great boy. Great boy, but he's 38. What about Murray, just in general? I suppose I, by a character, Alan Moore, who you'd have had at Dunfermline, any stories that stick out with him? I've, I know actually a good one about him. He was winding Jerry Britton up, and I, they were going for a Christmas night out, it's like a Saturday night, and he keeps noising Jerry up and giving Jerry a hard time, and Jerry's no biting. And they're at, like, say it's the Kingston Bridge or something, they're about to come into Glasgow for a Christmas night out. Murray's got his shoes off because they're travelling for Dunfermline. Jerry just takes his shoes, fucks him out the window. Saturday night, 10 p.m. He had to just go out in his socks. Is there any? Can you remember? Because he's a he's a major character, isn't he, Murray? Well, he wasn't half. You can tell when you're in the dressing room. Me and Bert would be sitting there, and you would know when the Glasgow boys arrived. You know they were Jody Shaw, we Colin Miller, 
Damn. You, you knew when they arrived, they've got that crack about them, I've no idea. Honestly, I always remember Alan Moore, he used to do the Dell boy stuff, you know, and he come and he says to me, Dick, can I get 10 minutes with the boys before training? I says, what's that? He says, I've got the real McCoy here, but I need to fucking put an order in the day. <laughs> I says, I on you go. So he's standing there in the row, sitting there all ready to go in the bus, but fucking Murray comes in with a black bag and that, you know. And he sticks the leather fucking brakes on, you know. And he says, by the way, boys, this is the fucking real McCoy. And he walks round about and all the rest of it, and the fucking label fell off. Well, it's a pure cliche, easy question, but are there any other pure characters that stick out that they're just your go-to for telling stories or anything just because you've met that many people in your years in the game? Listen... When I look back at my life, eh, the amount of people I've got, the amount, the amount of people I've met, the amount of characters I've met. Um, do you know this, guys? When, when I had the cancer, I got 304 um, goodwill wishes. We fucking Tasmania, Canada, and all the rest of it. The, the media, the role of the media now is phenomenal. And what's happened to me personally this year, I'll never, ever forget. Um, to my club, I'll never forget. We started off seven years ago. We had 300 people coming to watch us. 300 people. We've now got 1,400 season tickets. Your average crowd is 2,100. We've got a new grass pitch. We've got new shops at the front. It's a, we've got, got 1.2 million in the bank. It's, they're 147 grand in debt. It's just a phenomenon. There used to be five buses when we are brought to Rangers and Celtic games. There's now only three. It's just a fabulous thing to happen. And is it me? It's not just me. It's the people. It's society. They want something to go and vote for. And, and I'll tell you something. How dare... Do I think about changing and leaving them in the lurch? I'm not going to do that. As, as we kind of round up to a close, there's something you said quite a few years ago, so the, the number of years has changed, but you said, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be involved as football and football as long as I have. Looking back on that entire career, everything that we've spoken about, all the things that we've missed, all the tales that haven't been told, and a couple of words, and keep it to a couple of words because you've got a fucking habit of going on and on, you know. <laughs> and a couple of words, how would you summarise your, your career? What was that? And if you... <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about you want, you did it anyway. See, I've, I've been through the strangest and longest strangest journey I've ever, ever been on. I love my family. I love what I do. I love the friends that I've got in my life. I love my grandchildren. I love everything. I've been very, very lucky because I was never, ever a good player. For some reason, I seem to be a, a sort of guy, I tell everybody, every single player that signs for us, don't ever, ever make a cunt to me because I'll never do that to you. 
if you ever need anything, come to me and it'll be between me and you. And I'm telling you now, I am the luckiest man in football for being a very, very ordinary fucking smoker, drinker, treat at the game with disrespect. I love getting up in the morning. I love, I truly love going into that fucking dressing room at quarter to two on a Saturday and slaving a lot of fish. Uh, I just want to take time to say a big thank you to the St Luke's staff. They've been amazing. Sound, lights, and other staff. Give them a round of applause. I want to thank all of you for coming out on a Sunday night, spending money to come and listen to, to Dick and I speaking. Hope, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I want to say thank you to DF Concerts and especially Craig for, for making this happen. Always phenomenal. But most importantly, and can we have a massive round of applause for an incredible guest, Dick Campbell. Leathered was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine and for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series including Talk Media, Natural Wonders, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.